Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast family, and a, a proud associate of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, joined by the Tripod. That's right, we are here in full, and that's of course Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston. Gentlemen, it's game week again. Hoss, how you feeling? Oddly optimistic. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, something, something just feels different. Nothing empirical, nothing quantifiable. Something just feels different. John? That's you- when you've gone from beyond despair to hopelessness and you don't even feel anymore. It's been it's been said that, and I've, I felt a little bit of this after the, the loss to Purdue, um, but it's been said, you know, like apathy is the worst I don't even know if you can call it an emotion because it's it's really a lack of, but it's the worst feeling that you can have about well, I mean anything. But since we're on topic, you know Husker sports. I I was feeling a little bit of that after Purdue. Uh, you know we, we let it slip in, John. I, I think uh, uh, you noticed it when we did that post game uh, or, or post weekend um, episode or whatever the hell it was. I don't know, um, but. Like Haas, I mean, it's just I'm just excited the Husker football's back. I mean, it, it, yeah, I would suck. I I mean, I say that like you know, it's the middle let's, of let's August. Face it, we're all we're all junkies for Husker football, right? But I mean, we got the, like the winos outside of John's place. Just Husker football is our drug of choice. But I mean, I, it it was it's been two weeks since our last game. But the way I say that, I'm like, I'm just excited for Husker football again. It makes it sound like. You know that that's mid-August to talk. You know, and uh, uh, but when Here's when you think bye weeks always sound good, like oh man, we need a bye week, or oh man, I just want a break from watching Husker football for a week. They always sound good until the bye week gets there. It's without fail. After we got beat by Minnesota, I was like, ah, I'm excited for a bye week. About Friday night at eight thirty that night. I started to fall down into a pity party of, well, I wish we played tomorrow. Uh, I have nothing to look forward to tomorrow. Uh, why was I so happy for us to have a bye earlier in the week? It, it is. It's a, it's a really weird, um, I don't know if sensation is the right word, but while we were having a week off, Wisconsin, our, our opponent this weekend, of course, uh, was taking on another top 25 team. Uh, in fact, it's their second-ranked opponent in a row uh, with, I say, mixed results. They lost 38-7 uh, to to Ohio State, which everybody's losing to Ohio State. Uh, and then they turn around and beat Iowa by two. And, uh, and, of course, Iowa's number 23 in the country. That was a 24-22 uh, win for the Badgers. And I'm excited because this episode, we're going to be talking with Someone from Bucky's fifth quarter, which is SB Nation's Wisconsin Badger side. Are, are you guys as excited as I am to to talk with Tyler, their podcast manager? Not really, no. Don't say that. <laughs> wow, I I am. Well, he's a really nice guy. See, I mean, I I'm sure he's a nice guy. It's just uh, it's Wisconsin. What do you want to stab him in, like stab him in the eyeball with a fork or something? What no, but I might tell him cheese curds are overrated, and Brett Favre was an overrated and reckless quarterback. He he is the record holder for most interceptions, if I remember correctly. Thank you. Do you realize that Brett Favre has nothing to do with the Wisconsin Badger <laughs> football? No, but Wisconsinites, there's it Wisconsinians, Wisconsiners. Well, like, they could be like Iowa. Jesus, they could be Wisconsin. Wisconsinians. Like Green Bay Packer football more than Wisconsin. Well, it's possible. Changed my mind. Well, nope. let's let's bring Tyler on, 
and uh, let him change your mind. How does that sound? Yeah? Awful. Awful. Stop it. I said doubtful. Not oh, doubtful. Awful. Okay. Hey, guys. How's it going? Tyler. How's it going? Going well in yourself. Good, good. Can't complain. Welcome to the Five Heart Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Happy to do it. So before we get talking too much, you just had our very own esteemed founder of Coordination, John Dam Johnston, on your show. So, uh, and by the way, when you sent me you know, like a list of you know preparation that you have done and questions, I thought immediately to myself, I said, "Oh shit, we're out of our league." <laughs> We we're much more <laughs> no, off the no cuff worries. here, so that's that works for you know me just the same. You know, I I like to just get out there and spew it, but I always I always come up with a list of questions just in case because I like to have all my bases covered. But this works just the same for me. But yeah, uh, we had John on, and it was a great interview. The the confidence was flowing from him for the Nebraska football program. I'm sure he's going to reiterate that message. <laughs> I didn't even swear. <laughs> he didn't swear. Oh, yeah, that's before he's. Wait a minute! Wait, wait! You sons of bitches! Wait a minute! If if whoever you talked to didn't swear, then no way was that John Johnston. It, I I mean I, I I guess I gotta buy in and take your guys' word for it, but he he kept it very clean. Uh, so I I was I was certainly impressed with uh, with his appearance on Bucky's fifth podcast. We don't yeah, have because, to do uh, I can be a respectable person when I'm not around you bastards. John, did you like hop over to the Mayo Clinic and get a front frontal lobe lobotomy or something? No, I I just recognize that them people from Wisconsin are darn decent people. I'm getting well, thank uh, you, thank you. I, I'm very concerned because he's and look, not that he shouldn't say anything nice about Bucky's fifth podcast, uh, but I I'm, I'm I'm having doubts about John in general because. He just spent last Saturday on the sideline of Minnesota Penn State game, uh, taking a few hundred, maybe even four figure, you know, photographs of that game and had really nice things to say about Minnesota. I, which I don't, I don't know if he did, did he explain any of that to you, Tyler? I mean, did he say, Oh yeah, Minnesota's got a great, uh, they've got a great game to atmosphere, eh? <laughs> Yeah, he, he, we talked a little bit about Minnesota before we before we turned you know the mics on. I know he said, mentioned his his son goes there and and had some nice words to say about uh, Minnesota, which is always tough for Wisconsin fans to hear. Although um, you know we're, we're not allowed to talk uh, positive about Minnesota on our on our website, but I I actually don't mind them as much as some other Wisconsin fans. So it's it's kind of a, a give and take that way. But now I'll probably get blasted uh, by our community for for saying saying something like that. I, I, I have transcended the hate and anger that goes <laughs> along with college football. Well, we'll see if that maintains its way through uh, Iowa Hate Week. <laughs> yeah, well, I ain't going to maintain its That's way through Saturday. Weird. What are you kidding? <laughs> I can do this once in a while. Well, let's talk a little bit about Saturday. Uh, it, Tyler, before we brought you on, we were just kind of uh, reviewing the fact that we hate bye weeks. Nebraska's coming off a bye week after you know another tough loss in a string of tough losses uh meanwhile the badgers are coming off uh, a win against iowa which we always appreciate um uh, and before that running into the buzzsaw that is ohio state that everybody's running into um uh, a couple of losses on the season one that i don't know what, what i guess my first question is going to be what were badger or badger fan expectations heading into the year when you looked at the schedule, you know, Nebraska fans are always like, okay, well, that that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, that's, of course, history has shown us to be wrong this year. Um, but, you know, you're looking at all of them and, you know, okay, this one could be close. That one will have to really play up to, you know, like an Ohio State or something like that. What were Badger expectations at the outset? You know, I think I think expectations coming into the season were were going to be improved from what they were in 2018. I mean, you've seen Wisconsin really over the last decade be a pretty consistent program, and 2018 was kind of a uh, an off year. And, and there were some fans that expected a repeat of that, given you know the teams on the schedule. When you looked, you know, when you looked at the schedule, you saw obviously 
three of the big teams from out east and Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, and you thought, okay, those could be toss-ups. And then you, you know, you expected, you know, obviously the Nebraska hype train that kind of got going in the preseason. You expected mm-hmm. that to be a tough game. Um, and then of course you've got Iowa, and you saw an improved Minnesota. And and really nobody expected for Northwestern and Purdue to be, I think, as bad as they were. So you saw a lot of tough games possibly coming into the season. Um, so so people were cautiously optimistic, I'd say. Uh, I think a lot of people were looking at you know eight and four, nine and three, ten and two, and maybe a West Division title. So that's that's still uh, in play, but you're still two games behind Minnesota, where you may not make that jump, but. Uh, it was kind of spread all over where you know a lot of fans uh, who who maybe weren't confident in Paul Kirk's direction of the program were were down on it after last year. But I think a lot of people uh, expected a bounce back season, and so far, uh, for the most part, we've seen it. I think they maybe got out a little ahead of their skis after that, obviously, win against Michigan and Michigan State, uh, and then you know some things you know, just broke back. But if you looked at where they were in the preseason, and all of a sudden. Uh, you saw the record. You'd probably take it at this point. So, really, you can't be upset uh, with where this Wisconsin team is if you're a, you're a, you're a realistically optimistic uh, with this team. So, my next question is: What the hell happened against Illinois? <laughs> That's one I'm still trying to figure out. I tried to forget about that game and Sorry. bury it behind me. No, you're good. Um, you know, it was a mixture of things. Obviously, we've seen Illinois actually. It's been really good for Wisconsin that Illinois has continued to win and become bowl eligible because it makes it look. It's obviously still a bad loss, but it's not uh, as painful now as it was when you when you see what they've done this year. But really, uh, we've seen sides of Paul Chris. He was really aggressive in that Michigan game, going for it on fourth down, taking some chances when he had to, and we saw the complete opposite in that Illinois game. And obviously, the the big thing for Wisconsin in that game was the turnovers late. You had the game in hand pick up a couple first downs and, and run it out. And then, uh, you know, a Jonathan Taylor fumble and an interception. And, and next thing you know, uh, Illinois took him down. So it was it was certainly a painful one. You know, Wisconsin's had a lot of painful ones, but, but that one was certainly up there. You know, we talk about the loss to Illinois briefly um, and, and Ohio State, but it, you mentioned Michigan. And, and I think in the course of the last, let's say, three, four weeks of Wisconsin football, people might forget that. You know, almost two months ago now, I mean, you, you know, took the Wolverines behind the woodshed. Uh, everything was just clicking in that game. Yeah, I mean, everything everything went perfectly in that football game. I think, you know, start to finish, Wisconsin gave up a few scores late in that game, but you know, start to right before that happened, when when Wisconsin kind of took the gas off, they were they were clicking on all cylinders and probably the best collective game that this team has played and you know I know college football is a what have you done for me lately sport but I think that's kind of been reflected in their college football rankings is that Wisconsin is right up there as one of the top two lost teams just because of that you know dominating performance over the Wolverines and obviously we've seen Michigan get a lot better uh, since that game too so it only helps helps Wisconsin that that you know win looks better but really it's that was a collective effort and I, I think uh, obviously Michigan on the road is a different team than Michigan at home but it was it was a huge win for Wisconsin for the season and, and kind of restored some confidence, but it was also just a big win for the program. Anytime you can blow out, you know, a blue blood like Michigan, you know, we 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 never seem to beat Ohio State, uh, but anytime you can take one of those two teams down, it, it feels pretty good for a fan base. Hoss, John, chime in anytime. I'm just going to keep rattling off questions as we go. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the. The bane of Nebraska's defensive existence for the last decade has been Wisconsin running backs. I saw a graph or an image on you know social media earlier today that showed the performance of all of the uh, Wisconsin running backs probably in the last 10 years or so. I mean, going back to Monty Ball, of course, Melvin Gordon, we all remember. Uh, Jonathan uh, Taylor has put up numbers that, you know, get him in the conversation to make that trip to New York uh, for the Heisman ceremony. And historically, that's what Wisconsin running backs do. Like, for whatever reason, and I, I look, I'm, this is self-deprecating on, on Nebraska's part, and I hate to, you know, speak ill of them on, on you know, our own show, but we do it about every week, especially this year. Um, but we have a history of 
making good players look great, making great players look once in a lifetime. With that kind of history in in the back of your mind, uh, is this the weekend that Jonathan Taylor punches his ticket to New York? I mean, realistically? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. Obviously, you know, the, the running game kind of struggled be the, the last. To say that <laughs> what, Hoss? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can be honest and just say it's the weekend that he definitely will punch his ticket. I mean, our defense is so bad, might as well spot Jonathan Taylor buck seventy-five before the game even starts. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I think it's possible. I, he did kind of struggle in those two losses uh, against Illinois and and Ohio State, and really, uh, they Wisconsin didn't run that ball that the run the ball as well against Michigan State either. So he's kind of had three games. Uh, where he was down, even Northwestern uh, kind of shut him down a little bit. So he's had he's had some huge games, like he saw last week against Iowa, and then he's had some some lesser games and in, in games that he should have probably went off. So it's going to take probably a, a big performance this weekend, a big performance against Purdue, and then a big performance against Minnesota. Uh, so it, it certainly would be the first step if he came out and put together, uh, you know, a buck seventy five, two hundred, like he's like he's done in the past against Nebraska, and obviously like he did last week against against Iowa. So it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, I know there's some other guys in that conversation, but JT, you know, while he may have been taking a back seat uh, to, to Joe Burrows and those guys, he, I think he's still definitely in that conversation. I like how you said 175 or 200. What you really meant was 175 or 200 by halftime, right? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, what we got? 21 the past two years. Uh, but, yeah, I was looking at his average the last couple of seasons, and I know he, I know he's, he's got two bills in both of those games, but we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I know this is he's the, so reserved. <laughs> Why are you so reserved? I mean, you, you know, I, it's, just in the it's called confidence, John. <laughs> you don't want to. I don't want to curse Jonathan. I mean, he's a he, he's a good kid. I've met him a couple times, and fairly soft spoken, quiet kid. So I don't want to put any hexes or curses on him by by bragging him up too much because he's relatively reserved and, and quiet that way. So we're going to. That's uh, why you got to speak for him. <laughs> uh, bring, bring, That's true. That's true. Bring the swagger that he's. Uh, you know, it, it not he is not in his personality to bring. Uh, we're going to talk about one of Haas's favorite topics. Uh, and that is a good offensive line because Wisconsin yeah, traditionally has one. When it's not Wisconsin's. What's that? <laughs> favorite topic when it's not Wisconsin's. Right. Nightmares but, of that old line mowing us down in Indianapolis. But if you, Haas, were building an offensive line, how much of it would look like Wisconsin's? Let's be realistic. Actually, probably not very much just because of the different preference and philosophy. Like, a little bit lighter, more athletic linemen. I mean, that's no slide on Wisconsin's. I mean, when you see some of those guys who are 6'8", 330, 335 pounds and can move the way they do, they're built to be drive blockers, you know, and they're on down blocks and they're also athletic enough to pull on the power play. But, uh, you know, just – a little bit different preference in terms of reach blocks, athleticism in space. But, I mean, if I wasn't a Nebraska fan or Nebraska wasn't in the Big Ten, I'd probably have quite quite a high degree of reverence for the Wisconsin offensive line. Yeah, I mean, they're a pretty solid unit, you know. And, and like you said, I, I totally get what you're saying with, obviously, Wisconsin likes the, the get under center and, and run the ball behind those guys. But if you were if you were running more of a spread look, they might be a little on the heavier set side. But, you know, given Wisconsin's identity, they, they seem to make it work, and they always have those those quality guys that seem to, to just get into the program as, as, you know, lengthy high school recruits from, from the middle of nowhere, and then they – they get in that Wisconsin weight room and then that Wisconsin cheese and beer diet plan. And next thing you know, <laughs> their sophomore seasons, they're, they're turned into magnified, you know, beasts on the offensive line. So it's something that Wisconsin, I think, does pretty well is, is get those guys in there, get them beefed up and, and get some running backs to run behind them for sure. How is it they keep hiring the same, the different guys, but they have, or basically the same coach with different names? Yeah. I mean, oh. that's pretty much it. I mean, you don't really usually, as a Wisconsin insider and, and guy who's who's been around the Wisconsin program uh, for a while, now, you don't really worry too much about the offensive line because they're pretty much carbon copies of one another, just with different names and different different sizes and 
and maybe some different facial hair. That's a, that's about the only I, difference. I mean, I mean, even between Paul Christ and the guys before him, Gary Anderson. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, and then the guy yep. before him, and the guy before him, and the guy before him. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's something. Was there, John? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alvarez, you know, the Wisconsin way back in the day used to be in the, in the V formation, and then Alvarez came in and kind of put this thing in place. And obviously, Brett Bielema was was pretty big on it too, and getting behind the line. And the only time it's really gone away from that has been uh, when they had Gary Anderson for two seasons. They started to get more of a spread look, uh, and then when, when that wasn't working as well, it, it quickly went back to uh, you know Wisconsin getting under center and and running behind the big boys. Speaking of spread look. I noticed when I was watching the Michigan-Wisconsin game about a month and a half ago that Chris operates a lot more out of the shot. Chris calls plays for Cohen to operate a lot more out of the shotgun or kind of that short pistol formation, a little bit shorter than normal. Um, has Chris or any of the coaching staff talked about what prompted adding that into the offense? Because in previous years, I can only maybe recall in 15 – when you guys played us, seeing Stave line up in the shotgun on a two-minute drill. I mean, other than yeah, that, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's something that's definitely new, you know, coming into this season, especially the pistol stuff. Usually, you only see Wisconsin a shotgun on on obvious passing downs, and really, it, you you know what's coming when they're out of that. But they, they've ran a lot more uh, running running style and, and running schemes out of that pistol formation. It's more so of a pistol than a shotgun, and I think it's simply because last year they didn't really do a lot of that. They didn't do, you know, obviously Wisconsin's done really well on the the motions and jet sweeps, and they kind of got away from that last year, and you saw that the offense was just kind of stale in 2018. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Paul Chris, in spring practice, that was one of the new things that he he implemented in, and, and a lot of media guys were excited about seeing that on the field. And I think it was just to put in some new, fresh looks and fresh ideas because I think the one knock on Wisconsin and, you know, and sometimes it's a strength, sometimes it's a knock where you know what Wisconsin's going to do, try and stop it. But if you know what Wisconsin do is trying to do and then you do stop it, you can see some flaws in that Wisconsin offense. So I really think it was just to try and get, you know, some, some modernized play calling that fits within you know, the Wisconsin system that way. Tyler. Uh, I, I know it's Wisconsin. Chris has a pretty, uh, wide array of run plays out of that pistol formation. A lot of college spread run game concepts, some NFL stuff like the Patriots wham and crunch plays. So it's it's interesting stuff. Um, natural addition to that offense for sure. Yeah, it's something I think I think they definitely needed it after last season. Just just the, the three yards in a cloud of dust just wasn't working in the same way. You know, I think teams were looking for it and so you gotta change it up and do something new. Tyler, I know you die. You've got uh, another uh, radio appearance that you've got to do. One final question for you, uh, and you kind of alluded to it, is that, hey, you know, Wisconsin's going to line up. They're going to run at you. They're going to dare you to stop them. And then if you do, what's next? Let's pretend for a minute that head coach Scott Frost doesn't listen to the Five Heart podcast. Uh, what What is perhaps uh, the weakness with this Wisconsin Badger football team that he wouldn't know by, you know, because he doesn't listen to the show hypothetically. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's probably still the quarterback position on offense. You know, Jack Cohn, I think is, is been a big improvement over Alex Hornibrook. Uh, I, I don't think, I think everyone in the fan base kind of had a sigh of relief knowing Hornibrook was going to be onto his next thing. We don't, I don't wish any ill will on him, but I was, I was happy to see him go and, uh, obviously, Cohn stepped into that role, and so far he's he's had his ups and downs. Uh, early in the season, he was doing really well, taking care of the football, getting the ball out of his hands, and being that game manager role. I think the the struggle for him is when he gets uh, the turnover bug in him. And I know this past week there were rumors that he was dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury, so he wasn't moving around as much in the pocket. Uh, and when he's kind of that standing target, like Alex Hornibrook always was, uh, that can really cause havoc on the on the uh, you know the passing game and obviously Wisconsin this year has a deep group of receivers that has a lot of talent on it it's just a matter of getting them the football and hitting them on those things and uh so on the offensive side of the football I just think it's that and then uh on the defensive side I think the big obviously they've Wisconsin defense played really well 
uh, and improved vastly over they were in 2018. But the secondary still has had some moments where they've shown some lapses. And, of course, last year, Adrian Martinez seemed to throw all over Wisconsin uh, and, and kind of you know make plays with his feet and throwing the ball that way. So I think if if you were going to find a weakness in that team, it's probably the quarterback position and then a little bit of the secondary giving up some big chunk plays at times. Well, Tyler, I want to thank you for uh, joining us on the Five Heart Podcast. And listeners, if you want more about Wisconsin and, and uh, read up on our uh Friendly neighbors to the northeast, which I guess not too many people can say that about uh, Wisconsin because most of the conference is east of Wisconsin. Uh, anyway, go to Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, and uh, you can get some great content there. Of course, football, uh, a lot of stuff uh, on, on the masthead about uh, basketball as well because – There's nothing about baseball, though. <laughs> that is true. That that won't be that won't be uh, back in place until Barry Alvarez uh, uh, rides off into the sunset, takes his retirement. So, uh, so unfortunately, Wisconsin baseball won't be around anytime soon. I don't think. Also, nothing about, or I should say, very little about volleyball. This is not a dig, but they do have hockey. <laughs> they do have hockey coverage, and maybe someday we will. Hockey, too. yep. So, uh, Tyler, thank you so much. Uh, everybody else, stick around because we have more of the Five Heart Podcast coming up right after this break. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, Haas Reuter, John Dam Johnston. And, boys, now that uh, our guest is gone, let's shit on Wisconsin. No, I'm kidding. Um, have you, either of you ever been to Wisconsin? And I don't mean, you know, necessarily for a I game. I never have. Are you serious? Yeah, I've, I've what, worked in Wisconsin for years. You've also lived next door <laughs> to that state for how long? In like 20 years. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of work in Wisconsin. I've done a lot of work all over Wisconsin. I've also been to Madison for Nebraska football games twice. I have been about two miles into Wisconsin. Uh, it was on a school trip years ago before we uh, you know, headed south. And we weren't, we were only like, I say only, we were half hour or so from Wisconsin, but before we headed south to come back home, uh, I was in college and the instructor's like, hey, y'all want to go to Wisconsin? Sure. I mean, it'd be cooler if you were saying, hey, y'all want to go to Tijuana? Um, but they didn't ask that <laughs> question. Uh, so we did. It's like, we got out there, you know, because I'm 18 at the time, took a picture by the Welcome to Wisconsin, home of cheese or whatever the hell the sign says. Uh, and then at the nearest, you know, authorized vehicles only turnaround we could find on the highway, uh, we turned back around and started making that however many hour drive back south. So that's right. That's my, like saying I've I've been to Atlanta because I landed in the airport. No, I I drove on purpose. I mean, I didn't drive, but some we we went on you, purpose hey, to Wisconsin. And inside the state, and it's not in the airport or an airplane. You've been there. Okay, fine. Let me tell you something about the people of Wisconsin. Everyone there is happy. Well, yeah, because they have cheese, beer, and bratwurst. No, well, and anybody decent. can have those things. And yeah, a but decent football team. <laughs> <laughs> My optimism is growing. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why everybody in Wisconsin is happy. I was not expecting that, Hoss. Oh, I don't know why that tickled me as much as it did. A little bit of gallows humor. <laughs> I'm crying. That one made me tear up. Okay, John, why are they so happy Everybody in Wisconsin? Everybody in Wisconsin is happy because every time you go to an eating establishment, it's also a bar, and every time you go to a bar, it's also an eating establishment. So they're fat and they have cholesterol problems. I don't know if they're fat and have cholesterol problems. I they mean, have I hard winters, too. And who women. cares? They're happy. What do you want? You want to be just happy your whole life and die of cholesterol issues? You want to be an angry person and die of cholesterol issues? I don't know. I don't know, John. I don't think Hoss is going to die of cholesterol issues. Philosophical, metaphysical all the time. Here's another little known fact about Wisconsin. Everybody knows that they drink beer and they eat brats and cheese curds and cheese and da-da-da. What most people don't know is that Wisconsin consumes massive amounts of brandy. Yeah, because it's cold. Oh, I thought I it has something to do with the fact that early in their in their history, 
they had brandy makers up there, and they literally you can go look it up. And I think Wisconsin by themselves consumes I don't know like two thirds the United States consumption of brandy, but it's also a brandy state. I thought you were gonna. I, I thought you meant brandy, the mid to late nineties R and B singer. Also, no. also Moesha on UP. Never mind. Um, so here, here's a completely unrelated story that. You know, my dog walking over and putting her head on my lap reminded me of. I got, almost got bit by a dog today at work. What? I almost got bit by a dog today at work. I went and did a, a delivery, and the agreement that I have with the customer is if he's not home, I can just, you know, the if the garage door is unlocked, you know, like the little, you know, man door is going in, put put the water in the garage, get the empties, get out. The dog is in there, and they have the garage door open about 18 or 24 inches and this poor dog it's you know 25 degrees this poor dog shivering in there and i've i've never had an issue with this dog before i love dogs um you know i i know this dog's name the dog would always run over to me and you know get attention and this dog was like shivering in the corner so i just was gonna try to go over and pet it and growled at me and i was like all right well I, and then it snapped at me like some bitch what kind of dog is it um, a mix of breeds. Okay, what is it, like 10 pounds, 100 pounds? No, it's probably about 40. Oh, okay. So. Wasn't in Wisconsin, was it? No. Well, that fucking dog probably would have been happy if it was in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, shit. I had to crack open a beer. I had one. I've I've already had one. I, what are you drinking? Do I even need to ask what you're drinking, Hoss? I'm drinking a banquet, but you know what? Last week when I was watching the Alabama LSU game, I bought another six pack of that fairy nectar by the brew by the Cross Strain Brewery over in La Vista. That's ah. some good shit. I'm Here's drinking. the thing though. 6.2%. So if you haven't eaten in, oh, say, the past couple hours, and you've knocked back about four of them while you're watching an excellently well-played and well-coached college football game, you're going to be a little wobbly. Well, I don't know how excellent it was because it looks like the defenses forgot to show up. It was more of a, a Big 12 game than a SEC game nah, between top two ranks. It was just good teams. offense. There's nothing wrong with the defenses. Mm-hmm. Offenses had their day. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking a – You're talking about Dave Aranda and Nick Saban, the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country and the most successful head football coach in college football history. You're right. I am talking about – Dave, I've never heard of, and Nick Satan. You're right. I am talking about them. Uh, no, I'm I'm drinking, or I was drinking a Main Street 4204 Main Street Brewing Company, Belleville, Illinois, Oktoberfest. So, oh, I thought for sure you would have been drinking another Sierra Nevada. No, uh, I, I've got those out of the house. I'm ex- actually excited because this Friday. Uh, which is the day that people are going to hear this, uh, when my buddy comes over to record a new episode of my other podcast, Nerds United, on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. We're going to be drinking some Lefty's Lager from XL Brewing Company. Uh, Brian was a big fan of uh, the soda Ski, and this is like the man soda side of of, uh, the bottling facility where they brew beers. And so never had this particular one. I've never had any of theirs, but... uh, uh, we're going to have some lefties lager. It's going to be good times. That was way too much information. I apologize for boring you guys. Well, oh, Hoss, how are we going to beat Wisconsin, you son of a bitch? Um, Jonathan Taylor gets food poisoning the night before the game. Jim Leonard, their defensive coordinator, misses the flight uh, to Lincoln. Their offense, three-fifths of their offensive line have a really bad case of the Hershey squirts uh, that morning. And Wandale Robinson is 110% healthy and ready to rock. Wow, that's, I thought you were all like. I was. About I, I was feeling good the more that the guy from uh, I already forgot his name. Tyler Greg, from Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Tyler. Tyler. The more he talked, it just uh, it crept in. The I started having those flashbacks of. Melvin Gordon on a jet sweep and Melvin Gordon in the snow and San, or, uh, Wisconsin missing a field goal and us being able, unable to run out the clock. So they got another field goal. 
TJ Watt in 16 the past two years, and I just thought, to quote Forrest Gump, oh, Bubba, no. But you know what? Fuck all that stuff because it doesn't matter. We're gonna we're gonna figure out a way. And even if this is just, you know, talking for the sake of talking, trying to be positive, we're gonna figure out a way. We're gonna get it done. Because you can, someone can only live in your head for so long, talking collectively as a program, the program said, before you just get pissed off and say enough's enough. I mean at this point, Wisconsin as a program is like a sore dick to our program. We just can't beat it. We got to figure it the fuck out. Do you write these down? What do you like? Stay up late at night and come up with this shit? Actually, no, that, that's one I've heard before, John. No, yeah. good God! Like a, like a sore Peter, you just can't beat it. Yep. This is where the Bluetooth reference comes in, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I got nothing else. It's, we had a bye week. What the hell else are we going to talk about? Nebraska ball? Yeah, we have a whole other podcast for that. The key is on Saturday, we got to be able, if we can rush for, this is going to be a tall order. If we can rush for 180 yards. And I know it doesn't sound like much, but I think that would be enough to keep the offense clicking and hitting some shots downfield in the passing game. And, Ultimately, it's going to come down to playing good defense. Um, honestly, holding Jonathan Taylor to 175 yards would probably be somewhat of a minor miracle and give us a chance to be in position at the end of the game to win. Excuse me. And um, play turnover free. Don't get suckered into playing in a way that benefits Wisconsin's defense. Let me ask you a question because I haven't seen an update and maybe it's one of those no news or, or nothing to talk about because nothing has changed. Do we have any updates on the status of Maurice Washington? No. No. Okay. Frost said he wouldn't discuss it either. Okay. Know. I mean, we. I just a quick Google search here. I haven't seen any update, you know, from it in the last three or so weeks. So I just didn't know, and that's fine. I just, I just didn't know. Um, I would imagine we'd know if he was no longer enrolled, or if he was no longer in classes, or if he was no longer at the university. Right. We would probably also know if he was practicing with the team, right? Yeah. Okay. Likely. So in, in that case, it's. You know, nothing has changed, and let's move on. So right. then you have look. You got three regular season games left. At what point do you start working in some of these freshmen, like Ramir Johnson, who, correct me if I'm wrong, has only been in one game. You know, has only participated in one game this year, so he can play in all three and not lose his redshirt season. Correct. I, mean, I think Ramir Johnson has been in two games because he came in for one game. He has He's been, been in for the Illinois game, the Northwestern game, and now the Purdue game. Oh, so he's been in three. Yep. I, I this is why people are bitching about Frost redshirt management. I didn't know about the Purdue one. I, I, yeah, I, he had to come in for a play. For whatever reason, I thought he was only in one. Uh, then there's Luke McCaffrey, who's been in one game, I believe. Um, all right. Well. Been in two. Damn, okay, shit. Uh, been in three. Son of a fuck. Has he? Yeah, he had to go in in the Purdue game for one play. Dedrick I, Mills lost his shoe. I thought that no, was. For Luke McCaffrey? No, for Dedrick Mills. Oh, Sorry, I thought we were still on the topic of Ramir Johnson. No, Luke McCaffrey's been in two games. I think he came in one play when Vedral was hurt and Martinez were hurt, and then he obviously played that one game in which he he actually looked like a quarterback. But, you know, these are guys, there's more guys out there, I suppose, that they could start playing, and you just, who are they going to be? Is it time to use them? Shit, what else are you going to do? I think if, you know, 
And I know Frost has been quick to, you know, like try to quiet any discussion about some of the other retro freshmen, but like it seems like it'd be good time to, you know, trial by fire some of the offensive linemen. Haas, I mean, this is kind of your area. It, I no. know. No. Or this. You just ride it out. All right. We, we could still go to a bowl game. That's what I mean. Yeah, we could. I mean, but here's the thing. The. You got to build for next year. I understand. And you probably just got to ride it out with the guys that give you the best chance to finish out the year strong still. Of course, we're not going to lose everyone, anything. Everyone just wants to go, oh, well, if we put Will Farniak in at center, we'll be fine. No, we won't. The line will get pushed back even further. Sure, he might be able to snap the football, you know, but Cam Jurgens is still the better blocker. Um, Bryce Benhart is 60 pounds too light because he had to lose weight for wrestling. Mm. I mean, at this point, it's like you roll with the ones you got. Plus, they're all coming back next year anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, if it was seniors who aren't going to give us, you know, anything next year, then sure, you know, start building for the future. But these are guys that still need the development. All right. All right. So let's talk some good news. <laughs> there is good news. Well, okay. It's it's exciting for the home state kid who got a black shirt, Garrett Nelson, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, um, and he was one of two, right? Two. Yep, Damian Jackson that, was the other one. Um, but you see, you know, like the the I don't know reaction videos or the quick you know conversation that he had with media, and and look, you could tell in the 25, 30 seconds that they were talking with Nelson, that that meant a lot to him to be awarded that black shirt. Um, you know, now he's got to go out and continue to earn it, right? I mean, that's that's the whole premise or, or the whole idea behind the black shirt is you earn it once, but then you got to keep it, you know, week to week. So um, I, I miss, I'll tell you what, I missed the mullet. Um because it was a hell of a lot easier to keep track of him on the field when he had the mullet. But I'm proud of, the, happy for the kid. Proud of, uh, you know, his, my uh, friend of the show, Josh, was the one who told that to me. Got to give him his his due. He sent me the, uh, I think it was Brian Rosenthal's tweet with, with the video. Uh, he shared that with me. So uh, thanks, Josh. Make sure you get your mention so that you keep listening to the show, you turd. Um, but anyway, I don't really have. Uh, much else in that regard. Yeah, I, really, I really don't have much either. I guess the only thing left to say is when you look at this football team and people keep going, well, why don't they play this guy? Why don't they play that guy? Why don't they play that guy? Who in the hell – we're not – you're going to lose a defensive line next year, and that's all that you're going to lose. This entire team is coming back with the exception of the Davis brothers and uh, who is it up front? Darian Daniels. Daniels. Our nose guard, Mister Three Yards from a Big Man touchdown, coming back intact. So, you know, this idea that uh, we need to stick other guys in here and something magical is going to happen. Well, I, I guess maybe that's something that could happen. But here's the thing: this entire season doesn't have to be a disaster. They can still do something this weekend, win two more games. Hell, if they win one. There might be the chance at five and seven they go to a bowl. And for those people that go, well, if they can't have a winning record, they shouldn't go to a bowl. Fuck you. I'll you say want this. your team to improve. You want three more weeks of practice. That's why you go to a bowl game. Plus Pretty that, strong. it's fun for the guys to go down to a bowl game. No so cap. it's not completely done yet. Hell yeah, brother. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, Hell yeah. 2000, John, perfectly put. 2015. The Huskers finished the regular season five and seven, went to a bowl game, played UCLA, and won. And that meant a lot to me because I was new dad at the time and got to watch that bowl game sitting in the hospital with my newborn son. And even though he was asleep and I'm holding him and I can't really cheer, uh, it, it just meant a lot to me. So I, I'll be I'm always happy for any bowl game. You know, like you said, John, you get a few extra weeks of practice, which, hey, it ain't like these boys can't use a few extra weeks of practice, if you know what I mean. Um, you get the, the – Plus, everybody – I mean, you got to know people have saved their money 
old people like me, like I've been to a bowl game for years and years and now I don't know what to do with all this money at the end of the season since we ain't going to no bowl games anymore. Well, send it to me so I can go to treatment. Send it to me so I can just have some money. <laughs> send it to me so we can start paying off my wife's student loans. Whoa. Yeah, send it to all of us. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, just, yeah, just the, donate. Fun, the Five Heart Podcast. Yeah, fun. donate it to the Five Heart Podcast, and uh, you know, we'll make good use I, of your money. I just want to touch on something real quick that John brought up, and I didn't realize it until just now. But the crowd—that's almost a blue chew ad right there. and screaming for the young guys to be played down the stretch. It's just been something that's been really irritating this season, actually. And it's irritating me, but I've never stopped and considered how we return so many people next year. And the people that they should be screaming about needing to play are Ty Robinson, Casey Rogers, guys like that. But instead, it's Ramir Johnson. Ramir Johnson's not going to come in and solve our offensive problems just like that, you know. Um I think that's probably what I'm most frustrated with aside from the on-field results, just the dissension amongst the fan base. And there's always going to be infighting amongst the fan base, even when you're winning championships. But, you know, the people who, the people who just, you know, can't shut the fuck up on Twitter about nitpicking and second guessing every move that Frost makes or his staff makes is Probably annoyed me just a little bit less than actually losing games. And I'm not, you know, an unabashed Scott Frost defender. Like, I'll, I'll voice my, you know, displeasure with what's going on. But, yeah, something that's uh, very irritating. I, I'll say one more thing about going to the Minnesota-Penn State game last weekend is I got a perspective from another fan base, and I'm not talking about Minnesota because I have to deal with that all the time. Through living here and dealing with my rotten son. What I got perspective from is the Penn State fan base and watching them uh, rip their coaches apart for one freaking loss against Minnesota. And they have the same attitude toward Minnesota that everybody else does. We shouldn't be losing to no Minnesota. So, you know, I get it. If you get a, you're a fan, you get worn down by everybody else's bitching about stuff. Everybody bitches about their teams. It doesn't matter if they're completely undefeated and lose to Minnesota and lose their probable spot in a playoff situation, or if you're wondering if your team's going to go to a bowl game. So there's that. I got nothing more. And and piggybacking on what uh, – well, you both have, have talked about uh, just the division in all you know team fan bases is Alabama lost a game by five points to LSU. At the time, it was number one and number two. And there were people on social media who were calling for Nick Saban to be fired. Mm-hmm. Well, they're we were all crazy people, probably. So uh, before we get out of here, predictions, uh, Haas. I guess we'll start with you. Well, the soreness is going to go away, and we're finally able to be able to beat it. Nebraska, <laughs> twenty-seven, Wisconsin. He does that with such a, you know, if you just change your voice slightly, you could be Sam Elliott again. (laughs) Oh, man. That's like the greatest compliment I've ever received. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Predictions all go 30 to 27, which means we kick a field goal at the end to win it. All right. Um, Before we get to my prediction, there was a Sam Elliott reference, so I'll bring up another. famed cowboy and i was doing a delivery last friday to uh, a, a a police station precinct in uh, north st louis take a lot of water and uh, i had to go back for two trips and and because it's you know there's you know holding area and, and uh, everything else i've got to be you know somebody's got to come you know it's essentially escort me from the door to where the water is and back and and i said i got to go back out to the truck for more water uh, I said to this correctional officer, I said, are you going to be my huckleberry at the door? He's like, yeah. He said, nice reference. I said, I figured that might play well here. So, um, all right. So we've got 
27-23 and 30-27. I'm going to go with... Oh, dear God. All right. This is the. This is how I know. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, shit. Twenty. Yeah, twenty four. Uh, I fucking hate myself right now. Uh, twenty four Nebraska. Forty two Wisconsin. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, Greg the real. You're that guy. They they have Greg, Greg, I can't let you do this. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I'm not talking to you anymore. I I, I feel like the optimism's been beat. All right. Um that, that was that was the joke. That was for Homer reaction. it up, boy. Dude. <laughs> that was not your man. That was just for a reaction. Uh obviously my real prediction is uh thirty five twenty seven Nebraska. Way to pull it out there. Yeah. May God, may God be with the Cornhuskers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, we remind you that we're available on most, if not all, of your favorite podcast platforms, uh, especially Podbean, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, of course, you can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. My only best suggestion, if you don't know where to find us by now, just go to coordination.com. You can interact with us, you know, or find the links to interact with us. And, uh, of course, you can enjoy all the other fantastic Coronation content uh, that is available with the click of a button or a tap of your screen or whatever the hell you're using to browse Coronation.com with. Uh, so for myself, Greg Mahochko, for Haas Reuter, for John Dam Johnston, we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Get to a ball game. Win the damn game and just beat it. (laughs) Promotional consideration brought to you by Blue Chew. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.